Good morning, Cornerstone Church. And, um, and also welcome to those, as Danny already said, who are watching from at home and in different time zones, because a bunch of you have written and told me that you're gonna be participating, you're just not gonna be in the room. So, I guess the rumor's true. I guess this is my last um, sermon as your lead pastor. Um, and I just, I mean, I've, many, many of you heard me say this many times. First thing I'm gonna miss is meeting with you one-on-one -on -one because you've let me see so much of your hearts and souls. Second thing I'm gonna miss is worshiping together in spirit and in truth. Um, you've, you've heard me say, um, I'm sure people fall in love with Cornerstone when they join us in worship. So, um, so this last message as your lead pastor, I want to reflect with you on Psalm 23. My entire life, Psalm 23 has comforted me when I've struggled. It's reoriented me when I've been disoriented. It's calmed me when I was anxious. It's pulled me together when I've been falling apart. And it's strengthened me and empowered me to be a better follower of Jesus. So I wanted to leave with you Psalm 23. You've probably heard this before. Um, there's this kind of thing out there that the older you get, the more you love Psalm 23. So I'm a lot older than all of you, so I love it more than all of you. And today I want to, to have you experience it on two levels, like I've come to experience it on two levels. First, I hope that for the rest of your life, you will experience Psalm 23 by leaning into the Lord as your shepherd, the one who protects you, who guides you, who leads you, who blesses you. That's the first level that I want you to experience Psalm 23 for the rest of your life. Second level that I, I really want you to experience Psalm 23 for the rest of your life is that I hope for the rest of your life you will commit to be an under-shepherd of the chief shepherd to take care of each other the way the good shepherd takes care of you. All right? First is I want you to know what it is to have a shepherd who is caring for your soul. And second, I want you to see Psalm 23 as a checklist of how to take care of your brothers and sisters in Christ the way the Good Shepherd takes care of you. So first, um, experiencing the Lord as our shepherd. All of Psalm 23 kind of comes out of those first five words, that first sentence. The Lord is my shepherd. And we can take each of those words, the Lord, of all the the rulers and authorities and posers out there in the world, the Lord is my, there's one and only the Lord is my shepherd. And who is he? The word for Lord here is the word Yahweh. It was the holiest name by which God was known. It's the name that he gave Moses when Moses said, who do I say is calling me? The Yahweh the Lord, the preeminent Lord of the universe, creator of heaven and earth, he's the one who is our shepherd. And the Lord is my shepherd. It's not he might be my shepherd. It might, it's not that he was once or he may be in the future. It's in the present tense. The Lord is, is my shepherd. There is never a moment in our lives where the Lord is not present with us to guide us. Not one single moment. The fourth, fourth word is the Lord is my shepherd. This makes it personal, all right? Yes, the Lord is all of our shepherds, 
but he is individually each of our shepherds, which means that he will shepherd you in unique ways because he sees you and knows you completely. He doesn't love you generically. He doesn't lead you generically. He loves and leads you exactly the best right ways that you can be loved. It's personal. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is your, which means there are going to be ways the Lord shepherds you that he doesn't shepherd anybody, any other human race, human person in the human race. It's going to be uniquely for you. And then the last word is the Lord is my shepherd, which defines how the Lord knows us. The creator of the heaven and the universe, he, he, he knows us like a good shepherd who guards and protects and guides and nourishes and loves his sheep. The Lord is as our shepherd. You know, if, if you do some reading on what shepherds are like, one of the things shepherds do, well, they do so many things, right? Um, they keep us from going stupid places, all right? But shepherds also pursue us. And I pray that you will know the Lord as your shepherd who pursues you. So, first one, the rest, second half of that verse. It's essentially this. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. I lack nothing. You lack nothing. Because the Lord is our shepherd, we have everything we need in every part of our life, in every relationship, in every season, good times and bad times, blessed times, stressed times, when we're deconstructing and reconstructing, when we're single and when we're married, in times of joy and in times of sadness, we have everything we need because of the one who cares for us, because he knows how to care for us perfectly, which means that we don't have to live our life in this mindset of inadequacy or insufficiency or scarcity. We have everything we need because of the one who is our shepherd. Now, that doesn't mean we have everything we want. You know that. But our good shepherd knows us so well that he knows that some of the stuff we want is really not good for us, right? He will, though, provide everything that we need. And Peter reflects on this in 2 Peter 1.3 when he says, God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. The Lord, your shepherd, will always at just the right time in just the right way provide exactly what you need. If you don't have it yet, he knows you don't quite need it yet. So be patient because he promises that he will meet our needs. Thomas Akempis, I love this quote from Thomas Akempis. He says, those who have Christ are rich and have enough. Because you have Christ, you have everything you need and you have enough. And then there are four phrases that follow in the next, um, the next verses. He leads us beside still waters. The Lord, our shepherd, leads us to places of calm, he quiets our fears and anxieties. He calms our inner being. He leads us places where we can cease from striving. We don't get that grace in very many parts of our life. But the Lord, our shepherd, leads us so that we can just stop and take a deep breath and not strive. And he leads us beside still waters so that we can drink deeply from the still waters so that streams of living water, we've drunk so deeply, streams of living water can flow up from within us 
to refresh those who are around us. He makes us lie down in green pastures. God finds for us places and spaces of leisure and rest. Goes against everything in our culture, right? And much of this demographic. But your shepherd wants you to, to go to places and spaces of leisure and rest so that you can be healed, so that you can be empowered. You cannot live fully running 2,000 miles an hour through your life. And the Lord, your shepherd, will say, come apart with me for a while so that you can be healed and empowered. And then he restores our soul. When our souls are scattered and fragmented, when we're broken and falling apart, when we're feeling lifeless and empty, the Lord, our shepherd, deeply heals and restores and brings life back to us because that's what shepherds do. He restores our souls, which means that return to the Lord as fast as you can. Every time when you've wandered off the path, get back as fast as you can and never wonder whether he's going to be there to receive you because he's been the one out there looking for you and he is longing to restore your soul. No matter what struggle you've gone through, no matter what sin you've committed, no matter how lost you feel, your shepherd will restore your soul. And then the fourth phrase in that, that series of them, he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, which means the Lord, our shepherd, leads us to good, holy, righteous living. And it's personal for him. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God is personally invested in you living a righteous and holy life so that you can receive all the blessings that he wants to pour out upon you. Our good shepherd is personally invested in our growing in righteousness. Then we get to verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So my daughter, um, Christine, sitting in the second row here, I told her she made it into the sermon. She said she thinks that I'm supposed to pay her for that because at some point in her life was there some rule that dad had to pay the kids whenever they made it into a sermon illustration. So when Christine and Sarah were, uh, our second daughter were really young, we lived in Panama. Panama has these violent monsoon thunderstorms. And so, <laughs> so in the middle of the night, there would be thunder that would rattle the windows in the house, right? And the two little girls up out of bed, fly into our bedroom, dive between mom and dad, and just kind of <sighs> And we would just put our arms around them and calm them, and they would fall asleep, and their breathing would go back to normal, and I would pick them up and carry them to their beds. What's interesting is this. It wasn't the storm ending that calmed them. It was who they were with. The Lord, our shepherd, it's not that, that the trials, the valleys go away. It's not the storms go away. But when our, we are with our shepherd, we can stop because we are safe and we are in his care. Our Lord's not a fair weather shepherd. He specializes in the crises and the storms that are, are just tossing us everywhere. Even the valley of the shadow of death, he is with us. And it's amazing what he does for us. 
His rod and his staff, they comfort us. With his rod, that, that's a club, okay? The shepherd carried his club so that he could beat back the enemies of the sheep. Anybody that was trying to prey on the sheep, he was their protector, okay? The staff was what he would, when the, when the sheep were getting off the path, he would reach out the staff and just kind of nudge them back, okay? The shepherd never beat the sheep, okay? He nudged the sheep, but he would fight against their enemies. Our shepherd will be there for us to protect us and guide us forever for the rest of our lives. And so please remember the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with you as your shepherd. Well, then in verse 5, the imagery of the psalm changes, and we usually don't think about it. Um, the imagery changes from the Lord as our shepherd to the Lord as our host. Psalm 23, 5 says, You prepare a table for me, in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. So from being a shepherd, it doesn't take away the shepherd, but added to being a shepherd, the Lord becomes our host at a banquet. And biblical scholars have looked at it, and a number of them have come to this realization that a, a host in Middle Eastern hospitality, a host is not friendly they become a friend. And there's a vast difference. And so some biblical commentators have said that in the shift of imagery from sh shepherd, it moves to not just host, but actually to the Lord is our friend. And even more mind-blowing than that, the Lord God, creator of the universe, <laughs> the one and only Yahweh, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, they serve us at a banquet. And um, Middle Eastern banquets are famous for their hospitality. And this is where you come into the sermon, Jeremy. So Jeremy's Armenian background, okay? And I have to say this because somebody's going somebody's gonna to think about it. That's not a theological statement. That's an ethnic statement, okay? He's not Armenian. <laughs> Don't worry about the guy. <laughs> All right? He's Armenian. And so his grandfather left Turkey during, to, to escape the Armenian genocide. And his family loves that tradition. So their wedding feast was a traditional Middle Eastern wedding feast. And Marla and I were guests. And when you're a guest at a feast, it's like, it's like this joy and satisfaction. You get very full. There's a lot of food, okay? And you eat and eat and eat, and you just revel in being together. That's the kind of joy that God invites you to when he invites you to a banquet. And then he serves you. The God of the universe serves you. And then it's very significant that he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. The enemies of our souls that want to defeat us and destroy us, the world, the flesh, and the devil, they are looking for opportunities to eat and devour us. But then the most high God of the universe invites us to this party and this banquet, this wedding feast, and serves us. And Satan and the world, and even the flesh, they're the ones who are defeated when they see that God is our friend as we are seated at this banquet before us. So brothers and sisters, God invites us to a banquet as his honored guests. Jesus talks about it in Matthew chapter 5. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled and in Isaiah 55, God says, Come all who are thirsty, 
Come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Why spend money on what does not satisfy? Listen to me, God says, and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest affairs. Your God invites you to a banquet to fully fill you to overflowing. And then after the banquet, Jesus anoints our head with oil. Anointing in the Bible is about blessing, it's about affirmation, and it's about empowerment. And the imagery here isn't like a drip of oil that God kind of sparingly, oh, here's a little drip for you. The imagery is a drenching of oil, so it is pouring down and flowing over you, a drenching of blessing and affirmation and empowerment. He anoints your head with oil. So much so, the psalmist says, my cup overflows. My joy just, I just can't hold in my joy. Jesus, your good shepherd, wants to fill your life abundantly and overflowingly with his grace and his goodness and his power. And so I want to take about two minutes to just pause so that we can be present to the Lord and receive the blessing and the anointing that he already has for us. So in this two-minute pause, and I'll keep track of time so you don't have to, where do you need to feel the blessing or the anointing or the favor of God? Where do you feel insufficient or inadequate? Where do you feel like there's just gaps? Where do you feel empty? And in these two minutes, just invite Jesus to anoint you so that your cup overflows. So I'll keep track of time. You won't have to. Let's be still now and sincerely ask Jesus for his anointing for us. Amen. And so we come to the last verse of Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because the Lord is our shepherd, this is an absolute certainty. It's not maybe. Surely, absolutely certainly, 
goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And if you don't quite, and all the days of our lives means every day of our lives, not someday in the future, okay? Surely goodness and mercy will follow you every day of your life. And if you're not sure that that really applies to you, then the word for follow might help. Because the Hebrew word for follow here is a hunting term, and it refers to when a hunter tracks down his prey and pounces on it. Think of that imagery. The Lord is pursuing you and tracking down you so that he can pounce on you with his goodness and his mercy. And he's doing that every single day of your life. Jesus' relentless, crazy love means every day he is pursuing you, every single day, with his goodness and mercy and with his power. And because of that, because he relentlessly pursues us, we will dwell in the presence of the Lord now and forever. So I want to leave you with the encouragement. That's the first part of the message, right? The encouragement, I hope you will learn to love Psalm 23 for all the ways that God is expressing his love to you, all the ways that God is continually caring for you and guiding you and restoring you and protecting you and being with you and blessing you. But I just want to close the message with an exhortation. Experience the Lord as your shepherd first, okay? But then I want you to experience Psalm 23 as your job description for how to take care of your brothers and sisters in Christ every day of our life. Everything the good shepherd does for you is what you are called to do for each other, for the significant others in your life, for your spiritual friends, for your church, for your community. Everything the good shepherd does for you as an under-shepherd of the chief shepherd, you are called to do for one another. So verse 1, because the Lord is our shepherd, we have everything we need. As under-shepherds of the good shepherd, we commit to help each other find everything we need for life and godliness. We're not the shepherd. We're not the ones who provide what we need, but we point each other to Jesus so that we will realize that we have everything we need because of the mercy and goodness of God. Verse 2, because the Lord our shepherd makes us lie down in green pastures and leads us beside still waters, as under shepherds of the chief shepherd, we commit to help each other find places of calm and stillness and quiet and rest. We encourage each other in Sabbath rest. We encourage each other to stop striving 24 Seven, we, um, we want each other to know the peace of God that passes all understanding. So we become advocates under shepherds to help each other find those spaces. Verse 3, because the Lord our shepherd restores our souls and leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. As under shepherds, we commit to attend to the soul care of everybody else in the family. We do not live for me, we live for we. We commit to help one another, we encourage one another with spiritual habits that, that continually restore our souls, especially when we're broken. Verse four, because the Lord, our shepherd, guides us through the valleys of the shadow of death and is with us and his rod and his staff, they comfort us. As under shepherds of the good shepherd, we absolutely commit to walk with each other through the hardest parts of our lives. 
it's easy when people are struggling to go the other way or to turn and go across the street. But as under shepherds of the chief shepherd, we find each other, especially in the valleys, especially in the storms, and we remind each other that Jesus is with us and that his protection is there and will not fail. I wish I had time to tell you stories in my life of the many times when particularly brothers in Christ have restored me. They came and found me when I was running in another direction. All right? And this is where another person who's here today gets into the sermon. Paul, you made it into the sermon. If you guys have heard me talk about accountability partners in my life, you've heard me talk about Tito and you've heard me talk about Paul. Okay? Paul and I met in the first day of seventh grade. He was a missionary kid who'd just come back from Congo. Congo, right? Okay? And he was weird because he didn't know how to dress and he didn't know any of the jokes. And he sat right next to me in the first, first day of, of seventh grade. We went through junior high together, went through high school together, went to the same college together. We went to different seminaries, but we actually graduated from the same seminary together. Twice in my life, Paul came and found me when I was running the other direction. When I was in college, I just had severe doubts of my Christian faith. And Paul was one of a group of guys that when I was mad at God and pissed at all of them, they wouldn't leave me alone. They would show up every Sunday. One of them would show up and just hang out with me when I was mad at them and mad at God. And then my, the lowest ebb of my, my spiritual life ever was my third year in seminary. I thought I had wrecked everything that mattered in my life. And Paul and his wife came and found me and they walked with me through the valley of the shadow of death. That's what we do for one another. We don't wait for somebody else to do it. We, as under shepherds of the chief shepherd, we find each other in the valleys and remind each other that Jesus is there with us so that we know that we are protected and that we have guidance. A couple more verses. Verse 5, because the Lord prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies and anoints our head with oil so that we overflow, we commit to serve each other the way the Lord serves us. We commit to remind each other of the anointings God has given us, of the empowerment that God has given us because we are under shepherds of the chief shepherd. And finally, verse 6, because the Lord relentlessly pursues us and tracks us down and pounces on us, with grace and goodness and mercy every single day of our lives, that's what we do for each other. We track each other down and pounce on each other with God's goodness and grace and mercy. When, when somebody has, has just messed up or messed us up, we go track them down and pounce on them with mercy so that they know that the Lord is their shepherd. And then we dwell in the house of the Lord forever together. Not someday, but starting this day and every day. So I don't know whether you guys watch Lester Holt, the news anchorman. He finishes every newscast with the words, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And that's what I want to say to you this last Sunday as your lead pastor. Take care of yourselves by experiencing the Lord as your good shepherd and take care of each other like Jesus takes care of you. And surely, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. And so my last thing before I come up and do a blessing in a little bit, there's a song we used to sing way back in college, you know, before any of you were born. Um, 
And it goes like this. I love you with the love of the Lord. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. I see in you the glory of our King. And I love you with the love of the Lord. And I want to say that to you, brothers and sisters in Jesus. I love you with the love of the Lord because I see in you the glory of our King. In Jesus' name, amen.